Hello and welcome to a new edition of the Race Formula E podcast. Today we look ahead to the inaugural Vancouver E-Prix, which is scheduled to take place next July in what has been billed as one of the Electric World Championships' shiny new showcase races for 2022. The event was announced formally a few months ago in July and we'll see Formula E racing in the same area as the Kart and Champ cars did several years ago. That's in the False Creek part of the city. The track, however, will be all new, but the race is only one part of the story here because it will be a huge Canadian e-fest, incorporating music concerts, business forums and an e-sports competition. In order to give us the full lowdown on the events in Vancouver, I'm delighted to welcome to this episode Matthew Carter, one of the chairman and key instigators of the concept via the promoters the OSS Group. Canada's leading independent promoter involved in motorsport events. Matthew, thanks for joining us today and welcome to the podcast. Uh, good to be here. Nice to, nice to be here. Now, my regular counterpart, Andrew Vanderbilt, can't be with us today as he's making the race even stronger. So it's up to me, Sam Smith, to bring you the usual informed and vibrant chat on this topic today. Matthew will actually need no introduction to those who have followed Formula One over the last decade or so, because he was the CEO of the Lotus F1 team between 2013 and 2016, where he successfully oversaw a huge turnaround at the Enstone-based team and ultimately led the sale of the business to Renault, which of course was then rebranded as the current Alpine squad recently. Since that time, he has gone on to work as an international business development director for the first division French football team Lille. He's also been at the centre of the Vancouver EPRI initiative, which began gathering pace in 2019, but was eventually consummated with a place on the 2022 ABB FIA Formula E World Championship calendar last summer. So, Matthew, there's great excitement and expectation for the inaugural EPRI in Vancouver next July. But first of all, just give us, a, I suppose, a potted history of the project, how it started, how you got the initial plan together and um, and that all-important slot on the calendar for next season yeah of course no problem well thank you for that uh, for that introduction um made me sound a little bit uh, better than uh, than i actually am i think but yeah it was, that was excellent um so yeah the uh so the 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 start of this as you rightly say was right back in 2019 so it was before covid um and at that time formula e um were keen to come back to canada um, for lots of reasons, you know, there's a there's a great history of motorsport here in Canada, and uh, through Formula One and IndyCar, it's it's always very popular. So they were very keen to bring the the Formula E Championship back to to Canada, um, and they approached um, my company OSS Group um, and asked if if we could help to assist them in that in that aim. Um, so OSS Group is made up of myself and my uh, my two business partners. Um, one of them, um, Anwar, is uh, has worked for many many years in IndyCar and, and is very well known to uh, international motorsports uh, all over the world. Um, and Philip Smirnov was actually the uh, the track designer who designed the track in Montreal and also the track in Bern in Switzerland. So between the three of us, we've got a we've got a little bit of uh, background in motorsports and uh, yeah, Formula E asked us to help them find a location and for lots and lots of reasons which we can go into in a bit more detail vancouver just was the was the shining star really um the west coast of canada 
Um, they're very, very forward thinking with regard to the electrification of mobility and just seem like a perfect fit, really. Is that progressive attitude, I mean, was that key, Matthew? You know, there are lots of cities all over the world, I know, that have approached Alberto Longo and his team to to get EPRIs on. But it, it just seems that Vancouver, you know, had this... Um, had these traits of sustainability and, and environmental understanding it seemed to be at the forefront of of what it stood for was that was that a key part of getting getting the whole package together yeah it was really it was it was um as you say i mean we were we were focused and sort of challenged with bringing it back to Canada. Um, and Canada itself, obviously, there's a number of, of prominent cities that, that spring off the off the map. Uh, Montreal, Toronto and Vancouver probably being the main three. Um, and as we've as we've said, you know, during this process, uh, Montreal's got F1 and, and Toronto's got IndyCar. And there seemed to be that space over on the West Coast there for for Vancouver and, and Formula E. Um, and yeah, as you say, I think there's 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 more electric cars sold in British Columbia than um, other provinces of Canada, and and they've just have this very progressive forward forward thinking attitude that that's going to fit very well with what we're trying to do at the Canadian E Fest. Um, which again, as you said right from the start, is not just about the the Formula E race itself. There's much more going on over the over the three days of the of the festival. Formula E was in Montreal back in 2017, uh, quite an unforgettable weekend when uh, the Degrassi and Buemi title fight had, had just about every um, uh, every plot twist you can imagine. Um, but of course, it was a, a fleeting it was a fleeting event. Uh, local politics sometimes do cause difficulties and complications. I mean, are, are you confident Vancouver can steer away from? From such issues in the in the future, and, and for the for the, the the whole the whole duration of the the plans in in the city. Yeah, I'm I'm absolutely sure it can. Um, I mean, as as I touched on just now, that the the three of us that started OSS, we've got a a sort of a wide and varied history in motorsports, and uh, you know, I like to say that we've. We've seen what promoters do right, and we've seen what promoters do wrong, and we're we're trying to take the good bits and and leave behind the bad bits. Um, and there was a lot of good that was done here in the uh, at Montreal for the for the Formula E race in 2017. But by the same token, you know they they did some things that weren't quite right, um, and they were heavily dependent upon the city itself um, in terms of funding um, and infrastructure, etc. And that's something that we are we're definitely not doing with Vancouver. So, um, you know, we've, uh, we've privately funded, um, this, uh, th- this project, um, and we're not asking the city for any cash. Um, so therefore it, it, it takes a little bit of the emphasis away from, from politics. Um, and again, as, as you say here in Montreal, it was, it was very much one mayor's, uh, mission to bring Formula E here. And then, when he lost the election, the the new mayor came in and, and decided that she wanted to go in a different route. So it was very political. It was nothing to do with the sporting side of it. Um, and yeah, I think we've learned those lessons and we'll we'll make sure to steer clear of, uh, of any political issues over in Vancouver. Um, we've signed an agreement for five years originally. Um, so that's going to that's that's our first contract, and as far as we're concerned, we we would like that to turn into ten years, into fifteen years, and and make this a real mainstay on the on the calendar in Vancouver. In terms of the thirst for uh, EV tech and and obviously evidencing it through through marketing, which you know is a big part of Formula E, in the sense of taking it to the heart of the public in the city. You know, obviously we've we've had the pandemic. We're still 
uh, we're still dealing with the with it itself and obviously the after effects of it do you think there's still that that thirst for having racing taking the racing to the cities matthew i mean you know we are seeing a slight diversification with I suppose you call them arena style events at Excel in London and the Olympic Stadium in Seoul, but but true street racing, which is what Vancouver will be. Do, do you still sense that that is something that the public wants to see? I think so. Yes. I mean, we've we've seen a an, a huge amount of interest since we launched the event formally, um, and I think a lot of that comes from. Um, you know, a year and a half of, of people being cooped up and not going to events. And, and I, I think it being an outdoor event almost helps that as well. So uh, maybe takes away a little bit of the um, the anxiety that people have of going into in, in enclosed spaces. But yeah, I, I think, as I say, the, the interest that we've seen so far, I think leads us to believe that it's uh, it's the right timing and that people are... Um, are open now to, to looking for something to do next year um, to get out of their houses and sort of start to interact a little bit more. Uh, for Formulary, I suppose, has struggled to get consistency in, in venues and its calendar. I mean, certainly um, there aren't many that have, have, have been in the championship for the full seven season. As it always seems to be that, you know, there's something that, that, that breaks that continuity, which we know is so important for, for live sport, live entertainment, festivals or carnivals whatever you want to call it you've got this canada day weekend which you know first of all for those who are not familiar with the country explain that but but also you know is this going to be a staple for future seasons will there be consistency in the date do you think yeah i mean that, that that's the idea um and again that's that's reaching back to the the, the history that we've got here at, at oss and as as you say, it's it's very important to keep that consistency. Um, you know, the race here in Montreal is always on that sort of the F one race. Certainly here in Montreal is always on that sort of first two weeks of June, and and similar with Silverstone F one in 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 the UK. So I think having that consistency is key. Um, but it's difficult. It's difficult to fit that in with other events in cities. It's difficult to fit that in with the championship, et cetera, et cetera. But it's something that we're trying to do. So whether or not we stick to the Canada Day weekend or not, it will always be, the race will always be at that end of June, start of July slot. Um, it'll dovetail with a little bit with New York. Um, so logistically, that kind of makes sense that when the teams and the and the equipment are this side of the Atlantic, then it, it kind of makes sense. So um, it's definitely consistency is something that I talked to Alberto about a lot when we were negotiating this contract and making sure that we, you know, if if nothing else, we in Vancouver can be a, a permanent there and, uh, you know, other races can come and go, but we want to be permanently on the on the calendar in Vancouver. Talking about permanent, what's not permanent, of course, is is the track itself. This is going to be be built on the site of, or, or part of the site of False Creek, where Cart and Champ Car races uh, were run um, a few years ago. Now, uh, what uh, was that always the plan to utilise this area where it proved that you know, you, I guess you've got the heritage, but that you could hold a street race effectively on that that part of the city. Yeah, I mean bizarrely it wasn't always the plan. Um and and again going back to 2019 um when we first started looking at potential venues uh I think Phil drew something in the region of of 20 different circuits or 20 different potential tracks um across the whole of Vancouver and surrounding areas. Um and Falls Creek, um, it, it just seemed to be the one that that, that suited the best. Um, 
again, as, as, as I said earlier on, we tried to learn from, from mistakes that have been made elsewhere. And, and one of the mistakes, certainly, that, that we, t- we think has been made in, in previous street races is, is having people sort of um, landlocked, for want of a better word, stuck inside the, the perimeter of a circuit. And, you know, it's, it's going to upset people that aren't necessarily race fans if they can't get to and from their residential or their commercial properties. So um, that's something that we can do quite well in, this, in the area that we've chosen. So there's only two main streets that will be closing down. Um, those two streets will only be closed down for 48 hours. Um, and then within the circuit itself, there are, um, there are no residential and no commercial buildings. So the impact on the city is, is really sort of um, is minimalized. Um, and that allows us to extend it to, to a bit of a more of a weekend and a bit more of a festival idea. So, um, as you said right at the start, we will be having a, a business, a creative business conference, um, which will take place on the Thursday and the Friday, um, and that takes place on the circuit itself, sort of in the, in the area of the circuit. Then we've got a couple of uh, music concerts on the Friday night and the Saturday night. Um, again, they'll take place on on the within the confines of the track, um, and lots of other activities as well going on on the Friday. Uh, there's an esports tournament. There'll be a celebrity race. Um, lots of different on-track activities that we'll try and bring in on the Friday. And we're only able to do that because we're not impacting on on the on the city. So uh, it gives us that little bit of flexibility. It allows us to draw the, the event into um, three days as opposed to one, um, which as a promoter obviously allows us to sort of uh, to generate some revenues from, from some places that maybe we wouldn't have if it was just a Formula E race. Yeah, I think some of the, the events that Formula E have done before, have, you know, they've had elements of... Of, of great track design. I mean, Burn is a, is a really good example, which Philip obviously was was involved in. Um, amazing circuit and a, you know a real roller coaster and great scenery, but there wasn't a great deal associated with it. You've got to have these bolt on elements, haven't you? For for lots of reasons. For you know, there's the sustainability element. There's just the efficiency of having something that can pull in crowds for a variety of variety of interests and, and and things happening at the in the area absolutely I'm, I'm, one of the things that um that excites me and it, and, it, and excites us really is the is the sort of the crossover between the the business conference if you like the creative business conference and the formula e race itself and and the the whole theme of that business conference will be sustainability climate change and electrification of mobility and and what we want to do is to see those delegates that have been sort of you know being informed and 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 participating in talks and 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 sessions that are relating to electrification of mobility being able to then go with that added knowledge and then and then interact with some of the teams and the engineers and to try and see exactly how that transfer of technology is going to make its way from formula e into into the road cars that are increasingly going to become more and more electrified. So, you know, it's that transfer of technology that happened in Formula One for, you know, as as I'm sure a lot of the listeners know, you know, in terms of ABS brakes and seat belts and um, paddle change gears, et cetera, et cetera. And, and hopefully some of that transition from Formula E to electric road cars is going to happen in terms of the technology advances that they're making with regard to charging and range and, and all of those things that are, currently holding back electric road cars maybe a little bit um and hopefully we can show how formula e is going to help the the road cars um, business to move forward and in terms of in terms of the commercial 
um, set up here, Matthew. You mentioned that you, you know, that isn't um, that isn't the responsibility in any way of the city. But yeah, you know, can we expect a, a title partner for the event, or or will there be a variety of um, of partnerships in and around all aspects of what you're planning? Then um, a little bit of both, really. Um, as as we as we sit right now, we we don't have a title sponsor for the event, but we're still quite a long way out. Um, Obviously, we're still sort of seven or eight months out from the event itself. Um, we do already have a number of smaller smaller partners involved. Um, and again, with the different elements of the weekend, we can we can get those sponsors and partners involved in different aspects. So the business conference has, has generated a lot of interest, um, as you would expect in the business world. Um, and then we've got other partners that want to be more associated with the race or the concert or even the esports tournament. So... Again, by having this sort of range of different things going on over the weekend, it attracts different sponsors to different areas. So, um, yeah, I mean, the more the merrier. Um, but we'll we'll certainly be looking for a title sponsor at some point. You mentioned the the e conference side of things. You know, we've seen already um, a big name, a legendary name, Erin Brockovich, of course, who's going to be um, part of that. It, when people say a business conference or a, a forum you know you've got this image or i have certainly of a, a fairly staid um you know formal kind of event at the nec or wherever that we've all suffered in the past what i'm what i'm getting the feel of here that this is going to be different this is going to be there's going to be a vibrancy that i guess is going to run across to the other aspects of the, the festival that you're organizing yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've um, we've actually employed a company um, who are based in Montreal called C2, um, and they're known for for doing creative business conferences. Um, they themselves have, have they've been referred to as TED Talks on steroids. Um, they like to take people sort of outside of their comfort zone and and get people talking about the the topics at hand. Um, and they're very, very good at that. So they will completely design and structure the, the two day business conference and, and make it, as you say, more vibrant, more fun. Um, we'll do certain things that, are that you wouldn't normally, that you wouldn't normally experience at a business conference. I mean, we're, one of the things we're going to do is what they're referring to as brain dates. Um, and I guess you could liken it to an elevator pitch where um, we're going to get people that don't necessarily know each other from different industries and we'll put them into a car um, and then they'll be driven around the circuit a few times during which time they obviously get to know each other and to to try and have a conversation whilst um, being scared out of their wits a little bit by a professional race driver who's, who's hooning around the track. So it's things like that that are hopefully going to take this and, and elevate this from being, um, you know, a... In inverted commas, boring business conference and make it something a little bit more different, a little bit more exciting. And I think the the USP from from our point of view is going to be the the fact that there's a Formula E race taking place the following day, and that when we talk about electrification of mobility, there's actually something there that people can see um, as a as a very very stark reminder of exactly what we're looking at and how we're trying to push things forward. Um, and as you say, we've got Erin Brockovich is one of our speakers that she's been announced. I can give you a bit of an exclusive. We will be announcing um, the ex president of Mexico, Felipe Calderon, um, as being another one of our keynote speakers. Um, he'll be announced a little bit later on today. Um, and then we've got a third. Um, celebrity and in inverted commas uh, keynote speaker that we'll be announcing in a couple of weeks um, and then a number of uh, of more business focused speakers so it should be an in, in interesting and exciting few days um, that, that people will enjoy 
since you've announced this, Matthew, back in July, in terms of getting on the the FIA provisional calendar, but um, you know, we've seen we've seen other dates unfortunately fall off. I mean, Cape Town was was the one which I think everybody was was sorry to see. But in terms of what we're going to see in Vancouver and the fact that you're going to have entertainment as as well, are you when you announced it back in July? Did you get feedback from the the local communities there and the city itself i mean was was there has it been embraced it it appears on the outside that it has been but have you have you felt that and seen that and 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 read it yourself yeah absolutely absolutely it it, it really has and don't get me wrong i'm sure that a, a a chunk of that is down to the fact that people have been cooped up for for 18 months or so but yeah we've really um there's been a tidal wave of, of interest uh, from, from the very first moment. I mean, the first time it really became public was um, we actually passed a motion through the, the council in Vancouver. Um, and again, because of these um, COVID times, the, 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 the council meeting itself was all done over Zoom. So there were a number of, jur- number of journalists and, and obviously local people from Vancouver that could, that could log in and see what was going on. So that was back in April. And, and from that first moment, you know, the, the press, the local press in Vancouver really picked up on it. And uh, yeah, we've really seen, um, we've seen a, a real, as I say, a tidal wave of interest um, from the public and from businesses and from sponsors and from, and from people who just want to get back to, uh, back to normality, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and from a sporting sense, we've seen that that James Hinchcliffe is involved. Just just explain what what James is up to, because obviously he's um he's a, he's a well known personality in in North American motorsport and and somebody who's you know he's a pretty engaging guy. I mean, is is he got an ambassadorial role for for next July? Exactly, that's that's exactly his role. So so James is. Um... So Anne, who who we we talked about a little bit earlier on, she uh, she used to manage race drivers in in IndyCar and Champ Car and uh, and across North America, and and James was one of her drivers um, a few years ago. Um, so when we when we were sort of putting the idea together, we we realised that it was quite important to have this sort of um, ambassadorial role, this sort of linchpin, this. Um, this position that's going to link all of the different elements. We wanted to make sure that they all had a, had a theme that ran together and it, and it all flowed very nicely rather than being four separate events. It all flowed together. Um, and as you say, James is, uh, he's Canadian. He's very well known within motorsport. Um, and above all of that, he is a great, um, personality. He's, he's very, very comfortable in front of the camera. Um, you know, he's a great speaker and, uh, He's just a real good fit, so he'll be he'll be on site for the whole weekend, um, around and about. He'll be the one that uh, will be scaring people on the hot laps um, around the track at certain points. He'll be um, he'll be coaching the celebrities who are going to take place in place in our celebrity race. Um, so yeah, he'll just be uh, generally being an ambassador for for everything to do with the Canadian E Fest. The former E are going to be issuing their unplugged documentary i suppose it's a a riposte to formula one's drive to survive phenomena which is um you know is is, is sort of taken a life on of its own i don't know if you've seen any of it but it's it's become hugely popular in in north america of course but formula e's own one is going to debut next week i mean do you see do you see initiatives like that a, a key part in 
I suppose, educating people as to what Formula E is because it is only seven years old. It's, it, it doesn't have that, you know, 60, 70 years of heritage that the F1 does. Is that is that something that you're going to be keeping a close eye on to see how that goes, Matthew? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's um, it's interesting for me personally because, because again, my background in, in Formula One was was very much on the team side of things. And, and now as a promoter, you don't really get to be involved in... Uh, in who the drivers are and what the what the teams are doing and and really that sort of uh, I mean it's not quite right it's a bit s- simplified but in in the sporting side we don't really have much of an impact so to see that Formula E uh, are coming up with initiatives like initiatives like this I think is great for a prom- for us as a promoter um, and yeah I mean Formula One whether it was it was deliberate or it was a bit by luck I think just bringing that element of of showing people behind the scenes, uh, you know, obviously it's been said a million times before, but and showing people who the characters are and that sort of personal side behind sport, I think is is very powerful. Um, and if they can do that in Formula E, then then all the better for us as a promoter, um, because it genuinely gets people more interested. You know, if they can see what these drivers do in their off time or what they're what they're like behind the camera, um, then it adds a little bit more spark to the racing itself, which can only be a good thing. Indeed. And we, we're going to enter season eight uh, pretty soon, actually. The pre-season test is is uh, just a, a matter of weeks away. And then the first round in Saudi Arabia, of course, in January. Are you or your team going to be coming to a Formula E race to, to see how things are done or to, to, to get final details sorted for... For, for what you're going to be showcasing next summer, I, we absolutely will be, and and don't get me wrong, we've we've obviously been to a number of races in the, in the past. As I say, Phil designed, you know, the the track in Montreal and in Bern. Anne's been very much involved in uh, in the in the race in Montreal, and and has been to a number of races. So, yes, we'll be uh, COVID permitting, and I'm sure we'll be fine with it all. We'll be travelling to a to a number of races, and uh, just making sure that we. Um, now, as I said before, and without without wishing to be too blasé, we we're hopefully picking up on the good things that people are doing and uh, and learning the bad things and and making sure that our event is all the better for it. And how do you see the growth going, Matthew? Obviously, like you said, this is a an initial five year deal, but you you've got ambitions beyond that. Um, how would you like to see see it grow? I mean, like I said before, continuity is 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 a huge thing in motorsport. I mean, but but what are what are your what are your plans for um, the second, third, fourth sort of uh, events in and around the Vancouver Epre? I think, as as you say, continuity and, and building on a, a solid platform are going to be key for us in Vancouver. Um, you know, how the sport develops itself and, and where the sport ends up going in, in terms of Formula E versus other forms of motorsport, you know. A, I can't really influence that. We can't really influence that. So we we need to focus on what we're doing in Vancouver and and building that solid base, making sure that we get a good um, a good fan base um, in Vancouver um, and that sort of uh, north northwestern part of America as well. Um, we got Seattle and Portland. There's a, there's a big corridor there of. Uh, a vacuum, if you like, for motorsport that's that's crying out to be serviced. So in terms of that, we will continue um, just to make sure that we put on a solid event and that it um that everything works and it goes smoothly and we and we give the best uh, the best show to the people that come along. In terms of the sport itself, then you know we can we can sit here and speculate long and hard, but um you know at some point uh, the way that road cars are going and the way that the world is going 
um, sustainability, sustainable fuels in Formula One, um, you know, the electrification of, of motorsport with Formula E. Um, you know, at some point, I think there's going to be some sort of an alignment. Um, how that's going to look, you know, who knows? But uh, certainly if we can position ourselves as a as one of the key promoters for Formula E, then we'll be there to to reap the benefits um, as, as things go forward. It's obviously a fast-evolving technology. You know, when, when I look back at the first race I went to in 2014, it's it's a world away from what Gen 3 is going to be next, next season. The cars are going to get quicker. They're going to be lighter. I mean, are you? Do you does, does Philip in particular have contingencies for perhaps having to to tweak the circuit to suit quicker cars and, and, and extra runoffs and so forth. Is that, is that possible on the site where, where you're going to race? Yeah, absolutely. So we're, we're already looking forward to, um, and, and obviously all the track designers are, but we're already looking forward to, to gen three and beyond. Um, and yeah, the fact that it's a temporary circuit circuit means that we can, to a certain extent, manipulate the way that we, that we are, um, building the circuit year on year um i think the most notice noticeable thing from a from a fan point of view will be the length of the circuit um and i think that'll gradually get longer as the as the cars sort of develop um we we're already the the minimum length of the circuit is increasing year on year so um it's all good i think it's all pointing in the right direction and uh, yeah certainly in the False Creek area, there's there's enough space there that we can we can build a slightly different track um, year on year just to make sure that it suits the cars as they develop. Well, I think everyone's really looking forward to coming over to the west coast of North America next summer, Matthew. So thanks very much. Just finally, paint a picture for us. What what are we going to expect when we uh, hit the ground in Vancouver next July? What's the vibe going to be, and and what what are you looking forward to the most? Um. To be honest, I'm. <laughs> I almost said I'm looking forward to it being over with, but that's that's a bit flippant. Um, I'm looking forward to, um, you know, hopefully having that festival kind of, of feel. That's that's one of the things that we really want to push. So with it being Canada Day weekend, with uh, you know, it's a holiday on the Friday. Um, you know, there's there's going to be lots of different aspects, and and bringing them all together in uh, under one roof, for want of a better word, is going to be really exciting. So. Yeah, I think just having that sort of vibrant um, atmosphere, lots of things going on, lots of things for people to do. Um, you know, within the confines of the track itself, we've got an area, um, a museum called Science World that's going to be open to everyone that comes on the on the site. Um, we'll have lots of different electrification of mobility solutions, everything from scooters to jet skis and snowmobiles and aeroplanes. So just lots of things going on, lots of fun activities and um, a couple of really good music concerts and then culminating in hopefully a great race. So just a, just generally a great weekend for the, for the whole family and motorsports enthusiasts. I think you'll have to indulge yourself in getting the be Jesus uh, scared out of you by Mr. Hinchcliffe as well, I'm sure. You, uh, <laughs> I think it's got to be done. Yeah, be... yeah, definitely. Well, that's, that's great. Uh, that's it, really, for this episode of the Race Formula E podcast. Thank you very much to Matthew for taking time out. We'll see you next July, Matthew. Yep, absolutely. Thanks, Sam. Tickets for the Canadian eFest uh, come in various packages and can be viewed at canadianefest.com uh, forward slash tickets. So worthwhile checking that out before uh, they all get snapped up, I'm sure. We're now going to Valencia, 
uh, we're going to be at the three days of testing in a couple of weeks' time. So you'll know where to come to get all the latest news and happenings on the race.com. Remember also to check out for our other podcasts, including F1, IndyCar, MotoGP, and of course the mighty Bring Back V10s show, which will be back very soon for yet another series. Thank you very much for listening and goodbye.